Welcome to Knowledge Base, where DJing and business collide. Welcome to Knowledge Base, where DJing and business collide. I'm your host, DJ Lexicon. And in today's show, we're going to be talking about practice and how important it actually is. And we're going to be going through my practice, how I practice and and some of the things that I do to practice. But for now, sit back, stay tuned and enjoy the ride. It's that time where we remind you to head over to StudioIDS.com and sign up for our email list. You will receive all of the latest updates, releases, and information about our studio. Also, wherever you are listening, from whether it be iTunes or SoundCloud, please give us a comment, a like, and a share. Thank you for supporting our endeavor to open minds one show at a time. So let's get right to it. Today, I want to talk about practicing and it's important, guys. It's it's really, really important. And some of the things we're going to talk about is a place to practice recording yourself. And that is huge. So, guys, I practice obviously here in my studio, even though I am retired, I still practice because I got to keep my chops up. I got to you know, do all that stuff. But I also do a lot of DJing for my studio. So I keep my chops up and I try to practice as often as I can. Sometimes it works out to every day. Sometimes it doesn't. But as long as I'm practicing, that's all that matters. So some of the things that I do when I practice is a I find a, you know, I find a nice, comfortable spot. And of course, in my studio, it's nice and comfortable. So I have a nice, comfortable spot. The other thing that I do is I also make sure that I'm not disturbed. So I tell my family, hey, guys, I'm going to be practicing for this time. Can you guys just leave me alone while I'm doing this? And, you know, nowadays it's all it's all good. No big deal. So what do I do to practice? You may ask. Well, I'm going to tell you what I do to practice is I go and I make sure, A, I have a nice, comfortable spot. And luckily, in my studio, that's a nice, comfortable spot. Also, I make sure that I'm away from people. I don't want to be around a bunch of people when I'm trying to practice technique or I'm trying to practice a transition or I'm trying to put a mix together or something like that. That is when I need to be alone. And so my family is so awesome that when I tell them, hey guys, I'm going to practice for an hour, they all understand and they leave me alone. It's important to have that time that is completely uninterrupted. Turn off your cell phones. You know, if you've got a house phone, take your house phone out of there. Like you want that uninterrupted so that you can focus. Now, what I do is I will record myself in about 15 to 20 minute increments. 
Now that works for me. It might be a little bit longer or less for you. What I do in that time is that 15, 20 minutes, I'm working out transitions. I'm working out different songs, putting them back to back, see if I like this, if I like that. And I can go back and listen to the recording and say, nope, that did not sound as good as I thought it did. And so I can fix that and I can improve my set. So when you're working on your practice session, record yourself, take those few minutes, work out that stuff. Now, the other thing that I do is after I record myself or if I'm trying to focus on a specific technique, I won't record myself I'm, because it, usually it's so mundane that it doesn't make any sense to record it because I'm going so slow. I've slowed down the transition. I've slowed down the technique so that I can learn the fundamentals of it. So anytime you're practicing, you want to really be working on the fundamentals of whatever trick, technique, mix whatever you're working on, so like that, you can move forward. And then once you have those fundamentals down, you're going you're gonna to continue to practice those and just tighten them up, tighten them up, tighten them up, tighten them up. I know a lot of you guys are probably asking, what does this have to do with business? Well, guys, it has a lot to do with business, okay? The reason why it has a lot to do with business is because the more you practice, the tighter your sets are going to be. The tighter your sets are, the more the clients are not going to notice. Now, I know that sounds funny to say, but the truth is you never notice when something is going right. When something is going wrong, whole body, do you notice? <laughs> if you're practicing, you're going to get better at your craft. Like I've said before, this is an instrument. This is something you practice on a regular basis. Now, here's the other thing. You can record yourself to help put mixes together. So if you record yourself, because when I'm practicing uh, a new mix or I'm putting it together and I'm trying to figure out my story, like what's the story I want to tell in this mix? Well, what helps me out is to actually record, record me working on the mix and then kind of do a quick run through and hear how it sounds. And then I can go back and, nope, I didn't like where that, that should have came in a little bit earlier. Nope, that should have, no. And so I have that capability to look into it and really work my mix out. And it actually turns into putting my mixes together a lot faster because right off the bat, I can really see is that I get to see where I'm going wrong with a mix or if it's working or if it's not sounding right. And every once in a while, I'll bring somebody else in on, hey, what do you think of this? I'm working on this. Feel like I'm at an impasse right here. And so I'll, I'll talk to either a DJ buddy or my wife and have her, because she's a DJ too, and I have her listen to my mix and she critiques it and she gives me some feedback on what to work on. So recording your mixes opens up your world for improvement. You really, really get to improve. Now, some of the other things. So once I've got my techniques and I'm and I'm all that. And, and here's the thing, guys. Like I said before, I've been doing this a long time and I still still practice techniques here and there because I want to be sharp. I want to be clean. And when I don't, it just comes out like ass and I'm going to be much better for it by practicing and recording and keeping myself 
very, very loose when it comes to DJing. Because anytime I took a hiatus from DJing and I came back, before I really came back, it usually started by me just kind of practicing. And even in my hiatus, I practiced. And what that did was it kind of helped me get my love back for it and not feel so burnt out and get back into it. Because my problem is, is that if I get back into DJ, I'm going to get hella busy again. That's normally what happens to me because, you know, I make a phone call and, and, and talk to some people and say, hey, I'm back. And they're like, sweet. That is because of the way I practice. I practice and my sets are nice and clean. My transitions are good. I know my music selection. So if somebody comes up and asks me a request right off the bat, I know my music selection. I know what I have and what I don't have. And I've got a ton of music. Now, granted, I don't have it all memorized. I'm not even going to (laughs) pretend. I'm not even going to pretend to say that I have it all memorized. But I have a good feel of what I have. And I would say I probably know 75% of my music library, if not more. It's probably closer to about 90%. And then the stuff that I don't normally know is usually stuff that I just acquired. That's what the search button is for. (laughs) I just search and there's the song. With that practice practicing and practicing and practicing. I know what music I have. I know what the transitions are going to be. Now, here's the thing, guys. One of the things for me, and this is why practice is such a big deal for me, I don't use playlists, okay? I don't. Like, there's a lot of DJs out there who will put together a playlist and they will, you know, just run the whole night off of a playlist and they mix it back and forth. I don't do that. I go by what the crowd is doing. So when I'm practicing, I am practicing multiple different things. I'm practicing transitions between different genres, not just my favorite songs, but just dumb songs that may get requested at some point. And that's where I get, okay, all right, now I I need to practice this. I need to practice that. And it helps your transitions and your music knowledge. So that is what's so important about practicing, guys. And I really, really hope that you guys understand And I hope that you guys start practicing more and you work some of these principles into your idea. But for now, that's it. It's that time to do our five. Now, our five this week is five tips for sound check. Now, A, God, I hope everybody out there is doing a sound check. You should be sound checking before every gig. It's it's just should be standard operating procedure. But if it's not, it's not. Here you go. Get into it, okay, guys? Do your sound check. So, and I know I say this a lot, number one, do a pre-setup. Number two, Turn your mic down before you turn it on. Number three, be aware of the room you're playing in. Number four, tune your mic for the room. Number five, don't stand in front of your speaker. Now let's start with the first one. You guys already know it's self-explanatory. I've said it over and over and over. And our show with pre-setup is actually tomorrow. So stay tuned for that. Now, I'm going to go ahead and move forward to step two. I don't want to beat a dead horse. Number two, turn your mic down before you turn it on. Okay, I know this is a no-brainer for a lot of you guys with common sense, 
but you would be surprised, okay? What you want to do is you actually want to do your mic sound check into your headphones first, okay? Make sure that they're working. You didn't mess with the bass or something in travel didn't get messed up. Now, once you have that, you turn your mic back down and then you turn the volume up a little bit at a time while you're doing your sound check. So, you know, a perfect example. I'm going to do it live right now so that you guys can see how this would go. Okay, here we go. Test, 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 one, two, test, one, two, test, one, two, test, 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 one, two, one, two, test, one, two. All right. So as you can see, you couldn't hear me at first. The reason for that is because, A, I want to, if there's going to be any feedback or any really weird craziness with the sound system, I want to catch it right away before I blow out anybody. So that's why I start with the mic input down. Okay. That's huge. Start with the mic input down and work your way up. Now, number three, beware of the room you're playing in. This is huge, especially for when you're doing weddings. Actually, even in schools, schools is kind of notorious for this too. But I don't know if, if you guys have ever heard of this, but there is this thing called a dead spot. So when you have a dead spot in a room, so what I mean by a dead spot is there's sections in every room that will have a dead spot where when you're walking with a wireless mic, it will cut out. And I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but this is a dead spot in every room. So when you're doing your sound check and you're going out into the dance floor or into wherever the, the gig is going to be, you want to see if there's any dead spots. That is part of what you're going to be doing in your sound check. Because when you do that, it allows you to understand. Like especially, all right, here's a perfect example, guys. If you are doing a wedding and let's say you have the best man doing his toast, well... If your best man decides to walk into a dead spot, you're going to look like an idiot because the system cut out. They're not going to understand that there was that he walked into a dead spot. So as your job as the DJ, when you're handing it off to the to the best man, you want to make sure there is no dead spots in that area. And if there is, you just kind of move them to a place or you make sure that where you're putting them is going to be or where they're going to come up to you is in a non-dead spot area. It's going to make you sound a lot better. Now, I know I talked a lot about mics. Just it, it's a huge deal, man. I, I can't tell you how many times I've walked into a wedding and either they're in a dead spot or they feedback or whatever. Now, speaking of feedback, that brings us to number four. Tune your mic for the room. Now, this is really simple. Or at least it can be. <laughs> so what this is, is this really simple, all right? You walk out there into the dance floor with the mic and you're walking around and all of a sudden, you know, you notice that it's just squealing in one spot. Okay. What you want to do is you want to make sure that, you know, you mess with the treble and bass or mid. You decrease either your mid, high, or low depending on where it's screeching. And usually you can tune your microphone for that room. Better sound check for, for the venue and you're not going to have to worry about feedbacks. Now, number five, and I know this should be a common sense thing, but again, 
It's one of those things. People do it and it really makes you look like an amateur when you do it. Don't stand in front of your speaker while you're talking on the microphone for the love of God. <laughs> Guys, this is nuts. Like I've seen this happen. No joke, man. I, I can't even make this stuff up. If you're sitting there in front of the mic and you turn on that, that microphone, it's going to squeal like a bat out of hell. Don't do that. Again, that's going to make you look like an amateur because if you don't know enough to not make your system squeal, you haven't been doing this long enough. But lucky for you, you're listening to this show. You're going to learn from this and you're going to not do that anymore, right? All right, cool. So to wrap things up, our five tips for a awesome sound check. Do a pre-setup. We've already talked about that. Number two, turn your mic down before turning it on. It's huge. Guys, bring it down. Just bring it up slowly so that you can control any feedback if it's going to happen. Number three, be aware of the room that you're playing in. Now, I forgot to say this earlier, but sometimes some rooms will be prone to squealing just because of the acoustics in the room. So know the room that you're playing in. Number four, tune your mic for the room. It's a pretty easy thing to do. Just mess with your treble, mid, and low and get it tuned so that it sounds good in your venue. That's it, guys. That is it. Well, I hope you guys love the show. And like I said before, next show is going to be all about pre-setup. And man, are we going to get into the nitty gritty of how to do a pre-setup. And I've talked to you guys for the last three shows about pre-setup. Well, you're about to learn what pre-setup is. So as usual, thank you guys for listening. Please tune in tomorrow to pre-setup. It's going to be an awesome show. And as usual, check out our parent company, studioids.com. I'm out.